0: Hey there and welcome. Are you ready to put your digital marketing on steroids? Well, you've come to the right place. This is the Impressive Digital Marketer podcast. Digital marketing runs through our veins. So listen up to get some seriously impressive ideas for your business. Let's do this. Welcome to The Impressive Digital Marketer, episode 28. My name is Russ McCumber. If you've heard this podcast a few times, you might have heard me before. I'm the Strategy Director here at Impressive Digital. The background for today's podcast, uh, I was actually at an event called the Digital Summit a few weeks ago. Uh, It's run by a crew called Interactive Minds. Had a great time at the event, picked up lots of info, made some good contacts as well. So I connected with the organiser of the event and the the brains behind Interactive Minds, Louisa Dahl. And um, I just thought she'd be a great person for our listeners who are, you know, working within e-commerce and digital marketing and, you know, with both brand side and, you know, also agencies and the like. And I thought she'd be a great person to interview. So without further ado, is it ado or adieu? Without further something, this is Louisa. G'day, Louisa.
1: (coughs) Hi, hi. It's
0: good to be here. I think it's A adieu. adieu. Okay, cool. Excellent. So, uh, Louisa, I've just given a bit of a context as to sort of how we came about connecting and I've, I really appreciate you taking the time to be on, on our podcast today. Thanks
1: for having me.
0: What I'd love would be just a, a bit of background as to your, your own sort of journey within marketing and, and digital marketing. Would you mind just giving us a, a bit of a rundown as to... Yep. yeah, of
1: course. So I started back uh, I think my first digital marketing job was back in '99 and I would just finished my digital marketing or well, my marketing degree back then. Um, and I started working for a startup doing a whole range of hands-on digital tactics from news groups and search engines to you know website edits and a whole lot more, everything in between. Uh, so I've been in, in the space for nearly two decades now. Wow. Um, I, I worked at the startup as I said, and went on to government. Um, then agency side, I actually co-founded a small agency and subsequently sold that and my shares in that. And then I was consulting actually, and I fell pregnant with my first child and I thought, how am I going to stay up to date in this industry, which is constantly changing? And I thought I'll I'll go to some events and find a community to uh, be part of. So I started looking around. This was back in 2008 and there was nothing around and I live in Brisbane um, there wasn't really anything focusing on digital and, and no way for us to be able to extend our knowledge in that space. So mm. I very cleverly thought, Hey, let's start something. And I co-founded interactive minds with one of my previous colleagues, Jen story back mm-hmm. in 20, sorry, 2008 that was, yep. so that was a, you know, really interesting thing to do when you're eight months pregnant. But since then we have run seminar events across Brisbane, um, over 10 years now yep. we started off doing 10 a year so kind of monthly and we've, we've slightly revised that down now to kind of six to eight mm-hmm. and we also do them across Melbourne and Sydney now as well as Brisbane oh, cool! Um, so that's that's how we kind of got into the event space yep. it wasn't really my background but it's something that you know I've been quite passionate about and from there seven years ago started doing the digital summit as a full day event
0: I'm curious, a couple of questions If we just rewind a bit. look, Back in 99, how much digital was a part of your marketing degree back then? And, and then how much did you learn on the job as opposed to what was sort of picked up at school?
1: Uh, look, it was, I think, 100% on the job yeah. back then. Um, yeah. Definitely, you know, more theoretical stuff <laughs> was in my degree. Definitely the four Ps and yep. a bit of PR and some, some base knowledge. Look, I do value the base knowledge that I have, um, yep. I think that you know definitely gave me a, a great starting point. But I, I did turn up to that first job not really knowing how to do anything. I'd never, you know, done much in terms of website content back then. Yep. Really at that point there wasn't even much going on with online advertising. It was very early in those days. No so social media, obviously back then, pre Facebook, pre pre everything, pre MySpace in that in that time. Mm. And really we were about emails. Um, We were using news groups and we were creating websites to try and, you know, highlight and showcase uh, what we were working on.
0: Yeah. Wow. You want to send some huge changes. I can't, I don't, you don't speak to many people who've been working in digital marketing for 20 years.
1: (laughs) I know. It makes me feel really old.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do you, um, do you remember that first event? So when you first started doing those events, like obviously you knew digital, but events was, you know, something which you weren't as, as experienced in, what are, your, what are your recollections of that very first event and how many people had said they were going to come, how many people actually came? What How was the event itself?
1: Oh, look, I could not tell you what topic it was on right now, yep. um, but I know that we started off fairly strongly. Jen and I both had really good connections in the industry and in yep. Brisbane, I know everyone, um, we'd both worked at a company called OurBrisbane.com, which back then was run by the Brisbane City Council as kind of the site for Brisbane. Yep. It no longer exists, but actually some of my closest Contacts over the years have come from our Brisbane. Mm-hmm. Um, so we knew a lot of people in the space and we were able to use those connections uh, to invite, you know, quite a lot of people along and sell tickets to the event. From memory, I think we would have had 40 to 50 people turn up. We've always had really good attendance rates. So we're, we're proud of that. It's something we don't have a lot of no-shows. You know, we keep our percentages really low and we might only have a handful of people at any event not turning up.
0: So what spurred you to start the Digital Summit? Like what made you think, okay, well, let's let's scale this up? be
1: honest, I got in a really bad habit of starting things when I was pregnant. And <laughs> yep. that was my third pregnancy. And I, I decided not to start a new business because on my second one, I did start a second business, which subsequently I did run for a couple of years and then closed down. Yep. And my third pregnancy, I was like, no, no, <laughs> I'm not going to do this again. Yeah. Um, but I was really keen to evolve interactive minds and keep growing because, you know, I'm very much a believer of, you know, the industry keeps changing and so must we to stay up with it to stay mm-hmm. relevant current continue to be able to help marketers so saw an opportunity really to I suppose showcase things at that point we were mainly doing events in Brisbane and we'd be doing a few in Melbourne at that point and I was also starting to bring out some international speakers and you do um, morning tea kind of sorry not morning tea breakfast events with them yeah uh, but I saw an opportunity to kind of do this in a bigger way uh, and to get more people in the room and to have Bigger, broader conversations around it. So that's really where that came from. Um, we ended up holding the event for, I think we had three hundred or three hundred and fifty people at our first digital summit in wow. Brisbane. Yeah, um, I ran that one with a twelve-week-old baby, uh, which was interesting. And yeah, I mean it was a great success. Obviously, we've gone on to have another, you know, six since then.
0: It, it sounds like you've, you know, you've been able to fill some some big rooms and get some good speakers and the like in. But have, have you had any? interesting stories or funny stories in just sort of you know learning how to run such a, a big and ambitious event
1: definitely I mean I'm continually learning I yep. am a big learner and do love it so uh, you know more so the fun lessons than the yep. <laughs> bad ones I suppose but yeah we did have a uh, instance last year where we actually had our keynote our international keynote speaker pull out so I think it was about five weeks out from the event oh wow Um, That was a pretty big deal for us because I actually spend months finding international keynote speakers to bring out. We typically bring out two. And, you know, generally they come from the U.S., sometimes the U.K., but mostly the U.S. And getting anyone to come that far to speak at a conference in Brisbane and Melbourne is a big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't have massive budgets, so we're not paying, you know, $50,000 for someone to come out. Rather we're, you know, offering their, their travel and covering their costs and And I'm hoping that, you know, we can help to showcase some of their learnings and knowledge sharing as well. So that was a really big deal to have someone pull out that uh, close to the event, especially after we started promoting it and promising they were going to be there. Um, Fortunately, I do have really good relationships with nearly everyone that we've brought out to Australia in the past. And I was able to call on one of our previous international keynotes, Jeremiah Andrick, who had spoken for us a few years earlier at a different company. Yep. um, was very happy to come back again and speak for us under his new company, HTC. Amazing. So that was awesome. I was very excited to have a replacement. But, yeah, that was a, a pretty scary moment for a while there.
0: But the power of relationships, hey?
1: It is. It does always come back to that, actually, and it's uh, reinforced all the time. So this yeah.
0: year this year you had a couple of, like, cracking keynote speakers international-wise. So um, Ursula Ringham from SAP and Kathy. Tanamura from from Strava how how did you go about approaching them like I'm I'm super curious to hear about that process of locating them engaging them trying to get them interested and then actually getting that win of having them come on board
1: yeah as I mentioned it is a really big process it's something I start kind of you know late the year before or early the year of the event it's all in the timing I find Mm. Um, you've got to find people who are able to plan that far in advance but not have it too close as well I generally use a couple of different methods to find the speakers Um, Actually, with Ursula this time, I had been at an event in the US earlier in the year and she spoke there on Mm -hmm. a a slight variation of the topic with an agency actually and I met her then and made a connection and I said, you know, you'd be great to bring to Australia, would you be interested? And she said, sure, email me. I followed up with her and that was probably... One of the uh, most direct, simplest processes I've been able to go through, but normally I'm not necessarily traveling around bumping into people beforehand, so I use a a mix of research online. I use LinkedIn to find out where people are at and what they're doing, Mm. and I also look at um, other websites around the world for conferences and see who's speaking and what. That's a really good source for me in terms of topics and what people want to hear and what's current and checking off. You know how we organise our program, yep. but it's also a good source of finding people who have spoken at events before, because we really don't want to be flying someone out to speak in Australia if they've never been on stage. Sure. Um, so it's a kind of baseline criteria for us for our keynotes.
0: What was that resource again, Sorry, Because we'll, we'll, it sounds pretty interesting. We'll, uh, we'll pop a few of these in the uh, in the liner notes of the episode.
1: Yeah, I actually just look at um, overseas conference websites. Ah, so sorry. okay, I yep. look at, yeah, specific websites um, on digital marketing yep. or like narrow into
0: specific topics as well. Yeah, Ursula's, um, I mean, I'm a, big, I'm a big Strava user. I have been for years. So I found Kathy's information and intel around just the way that they were able to keep people in the program and what the big challenges were and the, the big issues they found from their users. But I, I found Ursula's keynote really interesting just around influences in the B2B space because like we, we do a lot of work in, in fashion econ, but we also do a lot of work in sort of SaaS technology and sort of high yielding lead gen professional services campaigns and yep. you don't tend to hear the term influencer so much in that space. You, you hear you hear about f- thought leaders but then you don't think about them in a way that is kind of leveraged in the way that Ursula really explained with her influencers.
1: Yeah, I found that fascinating as well and I have to say that was part of the appeal when I found Ursula um, because, you know, often we think about influencers as being in the B2C space, mm. um, consumer space and, you know, we, we hear the – the big names showcasing products and think that that's influencer marketing. And I think Ursula really shone another light on what that can look like. Totally. And in a way, I think it's not all that different to kind of what we do in other ways, but we don't necessarily always call it that. So I find that, you know, a really interesting angle as well. But I think the way in which they are creating content and approaching influencers is, you know, quite unique from how I would typically think of it. And totally. that was, why it was such a great presentation and great way to think about it
0: yeah I loved it. and even just like I mean from the point of engaging them to actually having a strategy where you've got key metrics in place and and then even some of the um, when she was talking about the live video feeds that they did, and some of those audiences were quite narrow, but it's they're so specialized and so focused on their right niche that they were able to generate massive ROI from, you know, from sort of little little live video streams that maybe a couple of thousand people were seeing. I, I just thought it was, was like incredibly well sort of put together.
1: Yeah, and I really liked that it wasn't so much about the um, influencer promoting their product or service. Mm. And I think that's what we always think of for influencer marketing, but rather it was about those influencers having conversations on the topics that were important to the brand yep. and um, engaging people around those topics. And yes, you know, being represented by that company is a part of it but it's not the, the main focus which I guess is the opposite of uh, the consumer space.
0: Another one I really enjoyed was James McDonald from Audience Group when he was talking about kind of the, the dangers around that sole reliance on AI when you're optimizing for conversions. How did you come across his, did you know that was what he was going to speak about and had you seen him before you, you put him on?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I had, um, all of our presentations I'm actually very involved in, um, yep. right from the get go. So we take an approach where, um, you know, we definitely approach people based on what they're, what work they're doing from what we can tell. Yep. Um, and then I have a conversation with them around, you know, some of their specialties, their passion areas and how that then might fit into the program. So all of our um, speakers have been approached in that way. Yep. I work with them to define the topic that's going to work for both parties and then i also see a draft and review a draft of their presentation prior uh-huh. to the day so generally i have a fairly good feel i mean you can never tell everything yeah. um, from a review but yeah look i really liked the approach um, that james took because i thought it wasn't the typical approach nice. especially for the agency saying you must do ai and it's the answer to all your prayers rather it was kind of you know i suppose to briefly summarize saying that If you rely on AI, you can actually focus in too much on your ad targeting and actually some of the outliers, um, Exactly. potentially some of the people who are on the fence and the ones that you want to be targeting. You don't only want to be targeting the people who have already made up their minds.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I thought it was really cool. It was just such a like contrarian angle to come at it. He was really fascinating.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree.
0: Jody Hartz was another good one. Jody's from, it was Queensland TAFE?
1: Yes, that's right. TAFE Queensland.
0: That's right. Um, and she, what one thing I found really interesting in hers was just her talk of um, implementing radical candor as a means of bringing out the best in, within uh, within the teams. There,
1: yeah, she uh, her her presentation was amazing. And um, Jody actually had a little bit of reluctance in speaking. I have to admit, I had to convince her a little oh, bit really? that she had some good stuff. And her stuff was even better than what I had imagined. Actually, you know, I, I loved some of the the diagrams she was able to show on the customer journey and the funnel. Yep. and then that they were able to put on one page, um, which I think is so valuable to keep the team up to date and to inform others and to bring bring those stakeholders on the journey with you as well. Um, so yeah, she had some great learnings and practical experiences as well to share from her time at TAFE.
0: Yeah, and no, I've, I've loved what she presented that di- that diagram as well, where it talked about the, the customer journey, everywhere from you know not knowing what they wanted to study all the way through to actually onboarding and then. Like just, I don't know, I just found it fascinating. I, I thought it was a really, really cool thing to share.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was brilliant.
0: Were there any other um, kind of unique or surprising tidbits from, from this year's speakers that either caught you off guard or that you were really sort of really excited to, to have present?
1: Yeah, I think another really inspiring presentation was Olivia um, from Chobani. She was talking about how Chobani, which is a yogurt, of course, have really um, challenged the status quo and been innovative and also been really responsive to individual customer relationships. So they've used a lot of creativity to make their brand stand out and it seems to be working for them. She had some amazing case studies and examples of things that Chobani have done Mm -hmm. and I thought it was really inspiring to all of us to remember that you know we can take a leap and take a step out of the book and do something special for our customers as well. Um, and they had some great examples of what they've done and and how that's paid off for them as well.
0: Yeah. I thought that was really cool. I think that kind of left field thinking, I think especially within digital, like if you don't bring that sense of creativity to what we do, like it's, 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 it's not all ones and zeros and data, you know, like it should be the innovation comes from that creativity.
1: Yeah, definitely. And that's what differentiates us really, isn't it? I mean, that's the opportunity.
0: Cool, Louisa. Well, look, thanks so much for your time. Yeah, as I said, I had a great time at the Digital Summit. I was stoked you were able to come on today. Uh, Are there any upcoming events or anything for Interactive Minds that that you'd like people, or how can they get in touch with you and and sort of keep up to date?
1: Yeah, look, we do have events. We have another kind of uh, five or six remaining this year across Brisbane and Melbourne. So um, definitely we'd love to have people come along. Our seminar events are kind of morning events. They run from like 8 a.m. till 10.30 a.m., and then focus on a specific topic. So it's a great opportunity to take a little break from the office and deep dive into a topic and some learning. We typically have three or four speakers presenting on that topic and sharing their experiences. So, yeah, come along to one of those. You can find out about all of our upcoming events on our website, interactiveminds.com. Um, we also have a podcast called Interactive Minds where I'm interviewing marketers and digital leaders uh, and getting their recipes for success. So that's another way. And our Facebook group, which is also called Interactive Minds, is a great way to connect with other marketers.
0: Thanks so much, Louisa. Um, we will have links um, to Interactive Minds, to Digital Summit in the night notes for this show. Um, also LinkedIn profiles of some of the speakers we've spoken about. Um, I'm really keen to, to sort of share some of that as well because I got so much out of it. Thanks again, Louisa, for coming on.
1: Thanks so much, Russ, and I'm so glad you enjoyed the events. Appreciate it.
0: No worries. For listeners out there, if you've got any questions about anything we've spoken about today, also any podcast topic ideas, I know we've had a few coming through, just email them to info at If you have enjoyed the podcast, as we always say, jump on, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, all those wonderful platforms. But otherwise, that's episode 28 of The Impressive Digital Marketer. Thanks so much for listening.